0: morning, TC3. Good to be with you today. We're going to do things a little bit differently today, and so I hope you're you're okay with that. If you're new, you don't know any better, so all good there. But I want to welcome you to the uh, unofficial end of hot dog season. So the National uh, Council of Hot Dogs and Sausages... Uh, tells us that between uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day, seven billion hot dogs get sold. And so, we're gonna end that on Monday. But uh, we've been in a series called Rock Solid, and I wanna talk to you about Rock Solid Rest to kind of wrap up the season. Rock Solid Rest really goes along with the, the Labor Day weekend, taking a pause and resting, and it's a very spiritual activity, and so, I want to give you permission to jump off the, the hamster wheel of busyness because rest really is a very spiritual activity. It talks about in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number one, it says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And so we look at the characteristics of God to be able to to imitate God. And so when it says be imitators, it means mimic or be like God in these areas. Make it a consistent habit or practice when you look at godly characteristics. Make sure those things are active in your life. And what I would say is from reading the text of scripture, it's evident that rest is a mandatory step if we want to know God. And so I, you know, as I was preparing this message, I kept asking myself this question, why are we in such a hurry, and what are we in such a hurry to get to, and is it worth it? And when I think about it, like, busyness is the enemy of rest, but if we want to get to know God, we have to stop and slow down. We have to slow down. It says in the text of Scripture, it says in Psalms 46.10, it says, be still, be still, and know that I am God. How are you going to know God if you're never still? You can't live life at warp speed without warping your soul. And that's what's happened to many of us because we've been on this hamster wheel of busyness. Some of us feel guilty for taking a break because we're on that hamster wheel. And we think that when we take a break, it's an unspiritual thing, or that people will perceive that we're lazy. Or we even think in our own minds that we are lazy for taking a rest, and what I would say is that we need to ruthlessly eliminate the spirit of busyness from our life. If people come to you and say, I know you're busy, but when they're in a conversation with you, you're probably too busy. We need to be present where we are. Scripture makes a case for rest in the very, very beginning when you go into the account of creation. God said in the creation account that creation was good, creating is good, so you and I, when we create things, it's a good thing, but after he said that creation was good, he also rested. And I think God would call us to make sure that we're taking a pause and celebrating. So in the creation account, it says in Genesis chapter one, verses one and two, it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then on the first creation day, there is this separation between light and day, or light and darkness, between day and night. And it says it in the text, it said that, then God said, let there be light, and it says in the text that there was light, and then it says what? The light was, Thank you, Squeaky. The light was light was good. Okay, so there is this celebration piece that's in the creation component. So God is celebrating when he sees light uh, emerge from darkness. He says that, that it's good. And then on the second day, um, when you talk about The the creation account. God said, let there be space between the waters and the heavens and and the earth. And he called it sky. And so God creates atmosphere. And then on the third day, land and vegetation is created. And then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. God called the dry ground, it says in the text of Scripture, he said he called the dry ground land and the waters the seas. And God saw that it was what? Good. So there's celebration again on the third day. And then the land produced vegetation, and God saw that it was what? Good. Fourth day, sun and moon and stars. God set the light in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And what? God saw that it was good. So there's celebration on the fourth day. And then on the fifth day, the creatures of the sea and the creatures of the sky, God created great sea creatures and every sort of birds. And God saw that it was what? Good. So there's celebration. God is celebrating his creation. And as you and I work and as we labor, there should be time where we stop and we step back and we say, you know what? This is good. You should celebrate the progress that you have made. Sixth day animal life and man, God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals, and each was able to produce offspring of its same kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let's make man in our own image, beings like us. They'll reign over the fish, and the seas, and the birds of the sky, and the livestock, all the wild animals in the earth, and the animals that are scurry that scurry along the ground so god created human beings in his own image in the image of god he created them and made them male and female he created them and god looked over what he had made and he said that it was very good so god steps back from creation and he celebrates planets stars sun moon sky seas lakes rivers mountains seasons cycles of life animals to roam the earth, sea creatures, mankind to govern creation. God creates the construct of time. God is the original, think about this, God is the original creative. He creates time. He creates love. He creates music. He creates art. He creates science. He creates theology, psychology, the microscopic world of biology and the telescopic world of Astrology, God creates all of this. He is the original creative, and He steps back from His accomplishments and He goes, You know what? It's very good. And you know what? There are some things that you and God have created that if you would just stop and take a minute, you'll step back and you'll go, You know what? It's very good. And when you take time to celebrate that, it fills you not only with a sense of accomplishment, it fills you with a sense of, of faith for what is coming in your world tomorrow. In the creation account, there is celebration. So let's be people who celebrate progress. When was the last time you stepped back and you celebrated progress? When was the last time you stopped and thanked someone who helped you get there? When was the last time you sent a text or an email or just looked somebody square in the face and said, I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you. imitators of god as dearly loved children let's take time in the next day or two and celebrate you guys can go ahead
1: and be seated man as we look at we look at continually imitating god we want to imitate god in his in his rest and as we as we Strive to do that. There's a passage in Genesis chapter 2. It's the end of the creation account. And it says this starting in verse 2. It says, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his creation. Now, if you're anything like me, you're asking yourself, how is it that God completed his work and he rested all in the same day? And and what the text is trying to help us understand is that the rest that God is calling us to imitate isn't a nothingness type of rest. It isn't a do-nothing type of rest. God, the all-powerful, omnipotent God, did not need to rest so that he could gain breath back into his lungs. I don't think that's that's what God needed. And so, in order to understand the rest that God is calling us to, we have to understand the work the work that counters that rest. Three times in that passage, in Genesis two, two through three, the Hebrew word of work is used, it's called melka. And it is the act of a creator who is tinkering with and perfecting what they are creating. It's what Gordon just talked about, how we are imitating God as as creators. We are creating, we are perfecting and tinkering with our marriages, with with our families, with our businesses, with our crafts. We are constantly trying to tinker, to turn the screws, to perfect what God has allowed us to creatively build. Wives, you are constantly trying to get your husbands to make the bed. Right, for me it's the, 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 it's the opposite. You are constantly trying to get your kids to say yes ma'am and no ma'am. You are constantly trying to perfect your business. You are tinkering with the things that God has allowed you to creatively build. And so the type of rest that God is calling us into is a rest that grants us independence from what it is that he has allowed us to creatively build. This rest is to help us have God's heart for the things that he is allowing us to build and we cannot develop God's heart for the things that he has allowed us to be over, for the things that he's allowed us to build until we disconnect from them. It's the concept of raising kids which my my wife and I will get to know here soon. It's the concept of raising them and nurturing them and, and trying to perfect and tinker them and then sooner or later along in the process you have to disconnect and trust God that you've raised them well and in such a way that they are going to honor him but you cannot oversee them for the rest of their lives. You have to disconnect from them so that sooner or later you can relate To them. That's the thing that God is calling us to. Not a rest that is going to put more breath in our lungs so that we can work more. This rest disconnects from creating and connects to the Creator. There's a verse in Matthew 11, Jesus, Jesus says, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. But if we're honest, if, if we're really, really honest, most of us read this verse and we read it like this. We say, come to the sandbar, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and it will give you rest. Come to the golf course if you are weary and carry heavy burdens and it will give you rest. For me, it's come to the couch and watch college football Florida won yesterday, congratulations. I know, I know, I know. But, but come to the couch, all of you who are weary and watch college football, because it will give you rest. And that's, that's not the case. Hear my heart here. It. It's, it's not that those things cannot give you rest. But Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You can have that rest wherever you like, but the heart posture of that rest needs to be connected to Jesus. And so when we, when we disconnect from creating and connect to the creator, we are ultimately reminded that we are, we are imitators of God and we are not owners. See, the, the disconnect thing, what, what happens for many of us is when we disconnect, it has to, it has to be anchored in faith. So for, for me, for example, I have a really, really, really hard time disconnecting. Janae and I have been practicing this rest thing, this, this Sabbath thing, as the Bible calls it, which means to like base, disconnect, which is what we're talking about. And we've, we've practiced it. I turn my phone off once a week, which is why on Saturdays or Fridays, you can't get a hold of me, you can't, you can't reach me, but oftentimes... Janae will bring up work or I will turn my phone back on and I'll see a text message from work and it's really hard for me to disconnect from it because I don't have faith enough that if it doesn't go well or if I don't respond, everything will fall apart. And the same is true for for you. If you don't disconnect from your business for a moment, you think that it will fall apart. If you don't disconnect from from your marriage and stop trying to train your wife or train your husband or train your kids or train your family, you feel like it'll fall apart without you and Jesus is like, no, I need you to connect to me so that you can have my heart for what it is that I've allowed you to creatively build. And so the challenge for us is to, is to rest, to seek God's heart for what it is that we are building. And to be honest with you, there's no, there's no formula for this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, hey, take a, take a Sabbath every single week, which I, I think you should do, but I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, hey, um, you know what? Spend all day on your knees, spend all day in the text of scripture. That's not, that's not practical. It's just not. You're not going to do that. But what I can tell you is that even though there's no formula, there is a heart posture. There is a heart posture as you wake up on your Sabbath morning and you know, hey, I need to disconnect from whatever it is that God is allowing me to creatively build. And in order to truly disconnect from it, I need to ask the Lord before I even start this day, God, give me your heart for what it is that you are allowing me to creatively build. God, give me your heart for my family. You know what? I don't, I don't want to train my kids today. I don't want to you know, harp on my wife everything that she needs to do that isn't Right, you know what, today God, just give me your heart for my kids, give me your heart for my family, give me your heart for my husband or my wife, give me your heart for my business so that as I step into it after this Sabbath, I am connected to you and your heart for it. I have a feeling that many of us would probably stay at our jobs longer if we knew God's heart for the person that didn't know Jesus next to us instead of worrying about, man, I can't stand my boss. If we we had God's heart for the situation that we were in and we connected to Jesus instead of constantly being on the go, man, miraculous things could happen. And so our desire, the, the, God's heart for rest for us, is that we would disconnect from what it is that he's allowed us to creatively build and ultimately connect to the creator.
0: So we, we've talked about taking a pause to, to celebrate. Miles t- talked about taking a pause to rest. I wanna to talk to you uh, in this last segment about taking a pause to focus on key relationships. Focusing on the the people that God's put in your life that matter to you most. I remember when Carol and I first got to TC3, um, I made a a leadership decision that created a bit of a dumpster fire. It it upset the apple cart, and it was a a difficult time in the life of, of our church. And we were scheduled to go on vacation the very next week. And Carol and I kind of stepped back and we started to talk about if we should go or if we should stay. And we just kind of came to the conclusion that uh, we should go on vacation because the dumpster fire would still be there when we got back. And I wanted my kids to know where they were in the pecking order of my priorities. I didn't want them ever to think that the church was more valuable than they were. And I remember, and some of you are in this phase, I remember uh, going through the, the phases of raising kids, and when they're in that teenage phase, you're going, man, I can't wait till I see taillights. And now I'm in the phase where I can't wait to see headlights. Because time goes by so quickly, and it's so important that we focus in on the key relationships. Jesus was a master at this. He, he, he lived life on mission, right? But as he was on mission, his mission oftentimes was interrupted, and he would stop to help people along the way. Like he stopped for the woman who had an issue of blood. A bunch of people around him. He stops. Jesus is walking by the man at the pool of Bethesda. He calls out. Jesus stops. Going by the lepers, Jesus stops to focus in on key and critical relationships. In the creation account, there is a focus on key relationships. Jesus, or God with Adam and Eve in the garden. It talks about it in Genesis chapter three, verse number eight and nine, right, during the, the story of the fall. It talks about how God would come down in the cool of the evening, during the evening breeze, and he would just fellowship, just communicate, just relate to Adam and Eve relationally, just spend time with them. Why? Because God enjoys spending time with his kids. And that was the, the habit that he, he had with Adam and Eve. And, you know, the, they take the fruit, right, the forbidden fruit, and God asks this question when he comes down on this particular day. He's like, where are you? And I think that's the same question that God is continually asking of us. Sometimes we think, man, I feel so distant from God. Well, God doesn't move away from us relationally. Somehow, some way, the busyness of life has gotten between us and our relationship with God because God enjoys spending time with his kids. When was the last time you stopped and intentionally spent time with God? You separated yourself, you shut your radio off as you were heading to work, or you specifically went out to the beach just to be there for five or 10 minutes just with the Lord, by yourself. Or you went out on your back deck and you just sat there because you wanted in the stillness of that moment to just connect with God relationally. And I keep asking myself the question, why are we in such a hurry? What are we gonna do when we get there. Is there worth leaving here for? Tired doesn't mean successful. It doesn't. Many of us are so busy running that we're missing out on the strategic relationships that God's put in our life that are are actually meant to be meaningful and meant to fill our cup along the way. Running without resting, it ruins relationships. And Jesus... Uh, calls us away from weariness, as Miles talked about, and rescues us from us. He models rest and he values relationships. He sends the disciples on a on a rescuing mission to preach the gospel. And it says, when this is in Mark chapter six, when they returned from their ministry tour, Jesus said to them, "Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while, as was often Jesus's habit." He would pull the disciples away. He himself would pull away from the disciples. But in this instance, he pulls away the disciples because they've been on mission for a while. Because it says so many people were coming to them. The King James Version says, come ye apart. And one of the commentators said, if we don't come, you know, come ye apart, we're going to to fall apart. So there is this very, again, true thread of the value of rest being talked about in the text of the New Testament. And if we don't get away, if we don't step away, we're going to fall apart spiritually. If we don't step away, we're going to fall apart relationally. If we don't step away and rest, we're going to fall apart emotionally. And some of us were asking the, kind of the question, well, how do, I, how do I do that? Well, the Holy Spirit will be your guide in that because uh, each of us have our cup filled spiritually in different ways, shapes, and forms, but some of us, like we, we think being around people is you know, going to fill our cup, and as Miles talked about, the Lord alone fills our cup. And just a side note, we need to make sure that when we're getting our rest, when we're separating ourselves, we need to be ministering to weakness and fellowshipping with strength. During times of rest, we don't hang around people who are going to suck the life out of us. We protect, as Miles talked about, our times of rest. Make sure that you don't miss out on your time with God. Make sure that you make time for those who matter most. Make sure that you don't compromise what is important. The church is important, but my kids are more important. Make sure you don't compromise what is important for what is most important. Lean into relationships. Jesus spoke it out clearly. Love God, love people. Love God is first. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. In the creation account, there is this pause to celebrate. There's this pause to rest. And then there is this pause to focus in on key relationships. Let's make sure that we're doing all three of those things.